0: Chapter 40, Dr. Luke War Correspondent. Mark, have you heard of Ernie Pyle? Amy asked as the two children neared grandpa's store one day after school. Tim Jameson did an oral book report about his biography today. Mark shook his head. No, who's that? Amy brightened. Yes, she breathed. At last, I know a war trivia fact that my brother, Mark, know all there is to know about war. McCluskey doesn't know. Woohoo! All right, already, Mark grumbled, secretly pleased as he always was when Amy made a big deal about how much he knew. So who is Ernie Pyle? Who was Ernie Pyle? Amy answered. Tim says he died on a little island in the Pacific Ocean toward the end of World War II. A soldier? asked Mark, wondering how he could have missed hearing about a famous soldier. No, a war correspondent, Amy replied. You know, one of those reporter guys who travels with the Army and sends back stories for the papers. But even if he wasn't a soldier, he went absolutely everywhere the soldiers went, facing all the same dangers. The soldiers really liked him because, supposedly, he told their stories the way they wanted them told. And, of course, without him, people at home wouldn't have known their stories at all. They wouldn't have known all the awful things the soldiers were going through to try to keep people free at home. I've always thought those war correspondent guys were pretty cool, Mark said. They end up in some pretty dangerous places, not because they have orders to go, like soldiers, but because they choose to go, so they can send back stories for people at home. So this guy died in one of the battles, huh? Actually not, said Amy. Tim said it was getting close to the end of the war, and Ernie Pyle was riding down a road in a jeep when enemy soldiers opened fire. "'Hey, I wonder what Grandpa would come up with "'if we asked him to tell us something "'about a war correspondent from his story box?' "'Hey, Grandpa!' "'The children called out as they came through the shop door "'and set their school things in the corner. "'Do you have any stories about war correspondence?' "'Grandpa laughed. "'He had been painting a large discolored picture frame. "'Now,' he said, "'War correspondence? Where did you get that idea?' Grandpa stopped to think, his paintbrush poised in midair. "'Yes,' he said finally, "'I think I could come up with a story that has a war correspondent.' "'I knew it!' said Mark, and shook his head admiringly. "'You can think of any one of your war stories for everything! "'Well, neither of us has any homework, so we're ready when you are.' Grandpa, applied the few strokes of paint, closed the paint can, and went to the sink to rinse his brush and wash his hands. Then he picked up his box and went to join the children. From here on out, most of the war stories in the New Testament are going to be about Paul. From the time Peter escaped from prison on, most of Acts is about Paul's missionary journeys, which, of course, are stories of the gospel going into all the world. "'That makes them stories about Jesus rescuing people from Satan's rule "'and bringing them under his own. "'That makes them war stories. "'And there was someone who wrote many of these stories down "'so the rest of the church could know about Jesus's victories.' "'Sure, the person who wrote Acts,' Amy said, "'realizing this must be what Grandpa meant. "'Right, and who was that?' asked Grandpa. "'The children looked at each other, "'then back at Grandpa, shaking their heads.' It was Luke, said Grandpa, not really a writer or a reporter, but a doctor. Is that the same Luke who wrote Luke? asked Mark. Grandpa nodded. But is that really a war correspondent? Amy asked skeptically. War correspondents are actually there at the battles. Well, Luke was, Grandpa assured her. At least he was there for many of them. Some of the stories eyewitnesses had to tell him. And Luke always made a point of getting information only from eyewitnesses, like any good reporter. But he often went along with Paul on his trips, so he saw many of the things he wrote about. Everywhere the gospel went, Grandpa said, settling into his storytelling, Paul and his companions found opposition. But they also saw plenty of examples of Jesus' power overcoming that opposition. The battles were hard, but the victories were grand. Grandpa looked through his box. This is going to cover more than one battle, so I need a lot of pieces. He said, selecting several, he closed the lid. One of the first battles was on an island. Paul was telling the Roman ruler there about the gospel, and he was very interested. But there was a magician who lived on the island. His magic tricks had made him famous, and people listened to him. Now this magician was trying to convince the Roman ruler not to listen to Paul. Grandpa set his first piece down on the box top. It was just a little stick. I know, it doesn't look like much, he admitted. Pretend it's a magic wand and it represents all the times that forces of magic or demons tried to oppose the gospel. Finally, Paul spoke directly to this magician. He told him that he was a son of the devil and an enemy of righteousness. He told him that he'd be blind for a time and immediately the magician couldn't see. The Roman ruler was amazed and believed Paul's message. In another city, when Paul was with his friend Barnabas, God worked through Paul to heal a lame man. Right away, all the people who lived there wanted to offer sacrifices to them. To Paul and Barnabas? Mark asked. Why? The people were Greeks, Grandpa explained. They worshipped many gods. On the box top, next to the magic wand, Grandpa set a figure on a throne with a lightning bolt in his hand. Amy leaned forward. Zeus, she said. The Greeks had a story about two of their gods, Zeus and Hermes, who disguised themselves as men and came down to visit a certain town. Grandpa continued. None of the people in the town invited the gods in, which made the gods angry. Oh, I remember this story, Amy cried. There was one poor married couple who invited them in, right? She asked. Grandpa nodded. Yes, and they were rewarded. But what happened to all their neighbors? Zeus sent a flood and wiped out everything they had. Amy answered. Grandpa nodded again. So when the Greek people in our war story saw two strangers heal a lame man, they figured it must be their turn for a visit from the gods, and they didn't want to make the same mistake. They hurried to sacrifice a bull to Paul and Barnabas. Of course, Paul seized the opportunity to preach a sermon about the true God and the Savior he had sent. Then things took an ugly turn. Emily, enemies from a nearby town where Paul had already preached, came looking for him. They were Jewish leaders who were jealous of Paul. Too many people had come to hear Paul preach. More than usually came to hear them, and they didn't like that. They had run Paul out of their town, and then they heard he was in this neighboring town and came after him. These enemies stirred up the crowds and got them to stone Paul. They threw rocks at him until they thought he was dead, and they dragged him outside the city and left him. Grandpa set the stone that he had used in a story about Jesus next to the two other figures. And there was the time when Paul cast a demon out of a slave girl. That made her masters mad because she used to tell fortunes for money, and now she couldn't do it. So they had Paul arrested along with his friend Silas and had them put in stocks in the jail. "'Are stocks those things like boards with holes in them?' Mark asked. "'They lock your feet in the holes and leave you there, right?' "'Right,' Grandpa said. "'I have one right here that I made.' And he set a little piece of wood into which he'd carved two holes by all the other pieces. But at midnight there was an earthquake. All the prisoners' chains fell off and all the prison doors opened. As a result, the jailer and his whole household heard the gospel from Paul and they were all baptized.' War story after war story, and Luke wrote about them all. There were shipwrecks. Grandpa placed the little ship from a previous story on its side next to the growing line of little pieces on his box top. Paul wrote that he was beaten with sticks three times and with a whip five times. Grandpa added the whip from an earlier story to his collection. But none of this opposition stopped Paul. God gave him the strength he needed to keep on advancing against the enemy and captive after captive was taken from Satan's side and brought to God's side. With a swish of his hand, Grandpa knocked all the pieces from the box top. Magic wand, idol, stone, stocks, overturned ship, and whip. In their place, he sent a set, a single small figure. Mark and Amy peered at it, then at Grandpa, puzzled. Feet, they said together. Paul talked about feet in one of his stories, Grandpa said. He quoted a verse from Isaiah about how beautiful the feet are that carry the good news of the gospel. You'd have to say God gave Paul beautiful feet. A a car horn sounded from the driveway. Uh Uh-oh, there's your mom. We'll have to save the rest of Luke's war correspondence for tomorrow. Are you coming over tomorrow? Yes, Amy answered as the children gathered up their school things. There's more? asked Mark. Oh, yes, the last part of Acts is very dramatic, and Luke was there for it all. See you tomorrow. Grandpa waved as the children ran out the door. Isaiah 52, 7-10 and How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. The Lord hath made bare his holy arms in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God.